This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. Another week in the books of Cleveland Indians baseball. It is time, everybody, for the Dairy Brothers Tribecast at WaitingForNextYear.com. Matt and Todd with you. Brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, Dr. Sean and the crew, and of course, Breaking Tea at T-shirts at BreakingTea.com slash Dairy. Tribe uh, salvages one in their three-game series with the second-worst team in the National League, the Pirates, today 2-1, to one, a nail-biter again. The offense uh, managed four of five runs the last two days, Todd. We said at the start of the week on Monday, 5-2 and two minimum, and that's exactly what they go, sweeping the Orioles in four and then losing two out of three to the Pirates. I you know, it, it was a frustrating weekend to say the least. Um, but thank goodness they won today. You know, the schedule will never be easier than it is than it was this week. You played two of the worst teams in baseball, and like you said, we said we said five and two. Anything less than five and two would be unacceptable. And they went five and two. And to be honest, they stole a game that they probably shouldn't have won. One of the four against Baltimore, uh, and then they lost the game yesterday that they probably should have won in in Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, the, the, these things even out. Uh, this weekend, you know, it was going to be tough because it was back-to-back-to-back. You had three guys in J.C. Mejia, who was starting Friday, Cal Quantra, who was starting Saturday, and then Sunday with Sam Hentges. You, you just had no idea what was going to happen. And had I told you, that you'd get at least five from all three starters, probably thought at a minimum they would have taken two of three. But uh, nonetheless, uh, um, they did not. And, uh, you know, lost Jose Jose Ramirez, basically didn't play for, you know, Saturday and Sunday. I know he pinch hit, uh, you know, late in Sunday's game, but you basically didn't have your, your, your best hitter. Bobby Bradley ended up hitting third twice. So, you know, like you said, coming out of this week, 5-2, and two, totally acceptable. I would have liked at least one more win this weekend, especially considering the fact that the White Sox uh, laid a complete egg against the Astros this weekend. So ground was there to be made, and they didn't really make up that much. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the, the, the body of work right now, and you go, man, how is this team nine games over five hundred with basically one starting pitcher? Um you know, now Jose's out, Franmil's been out, uh, Roberto's been out, Hedges is out. You're down to the, your third and fourth catchers. You got LaVarne way up here from AAA, who's, you know, a 35 year old 4A special. And yet this team has continued to find ways, like you said, a couple of games against the Orioles where, man, you look up and you go, Mount Castle, Mullins, Mancini. We couldn't get them out in those four games, yet Baltimore's pitching is so bad that the Indians feasted, and, and you saw Eddie Rosario kind of turn a corner a little bit. You saw Bobby Bradley star. Uh, but then it goes back to this weekend where over the last two days, at least Saturday and Sunday, uh, the, the at-bats were abysmal at times. It was it was grueling. Couldn't get guys in. Naylor had a big hit today. That was nice. Harold Ramirez, big Harold, as uh, Matt Underwood would call him, uh, <laughs> he, he, he carried the team this weekend. How about Harold in the month of June? I mean, it's in 333, this, uh, uh, with 11 runs driven in. He, he just can, I mean, he hit three home runs in the last two games. 
it's unbelievable. This was the guy who was on nobody's radar at all. And I remember when they brought him up, we're like, why are they, why are they going with Harold Ramirez and not Daniel Johnson? Well, all he's done since he's come up is hit. And it's gotten to the point now where, you know, you forget Jordan Lupo's been out and he's, they moved him, transferred him to the 60-day DL. It, it's kind of like he's taken that spot and run with it. And, you know, the, they're going to continue to trot him out there, you know, as much as they possibly can. And they should. Uh I don't know if that's, I mean, it looks like it's kind of cut into the expense of both Josh Naylor and Bradley Zimmer. Uh, you know, this weekend, everyone was going to play for the most part, you know, uh, with with the National League, that stupid, you know, no DH rule and the pitchers having to bat. And, you know, that's that's what sucked about uh, um, Friday nights. Was it Friday night when they, when they LeVarnway was the last guy to use and had the, yeah, it was, it was Friday, right? Yeah. And the 11 LeVarnway, to 10 loss. Yeah. They lost 11 to 10 and they were out of bat and had they forced extra innings and come back to the pitcher spot. You would have, they would have had nobody left. And I just, I hate the national league rules. I think it's so stupid, but let's, uh, uh let's actually, I, I do want to say one thing about this. Group. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for one second and say, poor job by me. Uh, Ryan Mitchell, the voice of the Columbus Clippers is going to join us later. We're going to find out what the hell's going on at AAA. Uh, you know, you you got Andres Jimenez just absolutely knocking the cover off the ball. You got some guys moving up from Akron out of Columbus on the pitching side. We got to find out the plans for that. Um, so we'll get Ryan on here in a little bit. Okay, very good. Uh, I don't even know what I was going to say, but oh, I know. Just just going back to Friday nights. The fact that this team was down 11-1 to and got it to 11-10 with runners at second and third uh, in the in the ninth inning, is that almost felt like a win. I mean, that game was all but over. You know, J.C. Mejia getting through five after giving up five in the first was, was, was amazing. Uh, and then they just kept battling back, and Cesar Hernandez at the Grand Slam, and Rene Rivera. How about Rene Rivera's bat? He's been all, he's been I mean, awesome. He's been He's been great. That's what's that's what is so amazing about this team, and I and I come back to how you said, you know, how are they doing this with you know nine games over five hundred, and you know, it's it's it seems like someone has to deliver that they need every night. So whether it's Renee Rivera or Harold Ramirez or or you know today was was uh, Harold and, and Josh Naylor, who's been very. You know, it's been a major struggle for him, and and he came through. They brought in, I'll tell you, credit, uh, thank, thank goodness for Derek Shelton. Huh? I mean, the Indians really couldn't touch uh, the great JT Brubaker, and, and he pulls them to bring in a lefty to face Naylor with two outs, and Naylor promptly hits an RBI uh, single, to, which eventually ended up being the, the winning run in the game, but it's just, it's got to be someone different every night. And, you know, especially when Jose Ramirez missed those two games. And it seems like somebody different is, is doing it. And it, it's, it's, it's really good to see it. It's, you know, they don't know who's going to play every night and where they're going to play. It's everything. It's like, who knows? You couldn't, if tomorrow I said to you, Matt, I want you to tell me who the three outfielders are going to be. I don't think you can tell me. No, I, I don't. I don't. You have no, no. idea. Well, you know, Eddie Rosario, Eddie Rosario most likely is going to be in left field, although they're rotating a bunch of people and DHing them. And again, I mean, Monday and Tuesday, the Indians have to go to Chicago to play the Cubs. So again, you won't have the DH. Back to back series in National League ballparks. 
So that takes a bat out of the lineup. Although Cal Quantrill did have a nice uh, infield single <laughs> the, the other day. He actually pitched very well. It was nice to see. And Hentges, you know, Hentges walks the leadoff man today, Adam Frazier, and I text you. I go, I, I can't watch this guy pitch. Like, I just <laughs> – and he settled down, and he did a nice job. So hopefully Big Sam can build off this. Uh, and when he faces Minnesota next week, he can he can do it again. I mean, for the most part, outside of Mejia's clunker on Friday, the starting pitching was better than we thought it would be. You know, throughout the week. I mean, even Savali had a hiccup Wednesday. He didn't pitch his best game, but we got to Keegan Aiken and 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 scored enough runs to win. I told you that this team is going to have to eventually win some eight seven games, and they did that this week. So. Now the yeah, schedule was, the, the schedule is getting more difficult now. I mean, Cubs for two, Twins in Minnesota, where we, we never seem to play very well. Um, and they're they're playing better in Minnesota. They're still not good, but they're playing better. And they got Buxton back. So he's yeah. he's off the DL or, or uh, get Darwin off the DL. What about Finvold? <laughs> it's a good bit, good old bit. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, again, they're – it's amazing they're doing this with one one starting pitcher from the opening day roster. One. And, you know, as we said, it's going to be a different story for these starting pitchers when they have to face real lineups. So, I mean, listen, Baltimore's top four guys, you know, were great all, all week in, the, in, in that four-game sweep. That, that team, though, you know, they have some nice young pieces. Yeah, and Trinantini's very good, but their pitching is just so terrible. And 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 you know, if you're a fan of the of, of the Indians, and you know, you get you get frustrated by you know whatever the Dolan's cheap stuff, and you know, you, you just get frustrated by oh, we, you know, we, we never sign anybody, or we let our guys walk, or we always trade them before whatever. Just take a look at Baltimore and take a look at Pittsburgh and take a look at Detroit and these teams that tear it down and can't figure it out. The Indians have been competitive every single year of the nine years of Terry Francona being the manager. And, the, the, you know, the, I know no one likes to hear that. Well, they're trying to thread the needle. You want to be Baltimore and, and be 20 and 50, you know, and, 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 and oh, hey, uh, this guy might be pretty good, and then then they you know they have a few good bats, and they can never get in the arms. Or Pittsburgh, who who, who can't develop anybody, and, and this has been going on for ten years. I mean, I, I, who who would choose that? I know. I, mean, I know. It's just I and, don't and understand. No, here's the here's the point. The fan base. Here's the point you're making, and I think you're making a very good one. There are some players on all of those teams. You know what I'm saying? Like. You see, like Mullins and Mountcastle, Mancini to an extent, you know, even Santander isn't horrible, okay? We'd use him on our team. Like the Pirates, Brian Reynolds is excellent. Like, yeah. Brian Hayes is good, good player. So is Adam, Adam Frazier. Frazier. Adam Frazier, yeah. And they just, but you're right, they're just, they don't have enough pitching. They can't develop guys. Brubaker was good today, and he's been decent, but like, you know, there's no way in hell the Indians would ever trot out Kramer. Who pitched for the Orioles last week, or yeah. the Tigers started Willie Peralta last night? Like started him, okay? Like that—that's a guy that was on the scrap heap like three years ago, and was out of baseball last year, and he's in their rotation now. And I know they've got injuries, but like at least the Indians have some young guys they're trying. The Quantrills of the world, Sam and others. You know, he is twenty-four. There's a lot of these guys have been rushed a little bit. Didn't have a minor league season last year. 
And who really does have a minor league system? <laughs> uh, but like, right? I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy. And I mean, you know, you, you again. I mean, the Cubs and the Twins. Like I said, it's going to get a little bit more difficult this week. You're going to see big league pitchers, right? Barrios is a big leaguer. Hendricks, Kenta. Uh, guys like that, Maeda. So you're going to see guys, you know, it's going to be back to reality here for a little bit, but they had to go five and two this week at a minimum. And they did. And you're a lot, probably a little disappointed at this weekend. And then, you know, even today, like ninth inning, here comes Karen Jack with a one run lead. And it's just like, geez, are, are we really, is this going to be one of those Sunday father's day? We give up two in the ninth and get swept routines. Like it just had that feel, especially when he walked gam, Ben Gamble. When he walked Ben Gamble, I was like, it, it, "Come on!" I mean, just feed it to him. It's Ben Gamble for <laughs> God's sake. You know, oh didn't, man. Didn't Cord Phelps have a walk-off homer on Father's Day against the Buckos uh, in Cleveland at one 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 of those years. Um, I'm pretty sure. I think you're probably right on that. I'm probably. You know, I think that was Zach Meisel would know. Zach, Zach would know. But like that, you're right. I, I believe you're I'm right. Pretty sure it was a long. The game happened and I was there. It rained and it was like a two hour rain delay. And they came back, and Cord Phelps hit a walk off homer. I'm pretty sure that I'm right about that. But but yeah, I mean, we used to get so excited about guys like Cord Phelps. They're bringing yeah. Cord Phelps up. Woo-hoo, you yeah, know? that's what the is what the Pirates are and what the Orioles are. I mean. I just I, I just have a really hard time with these people that just like don't pay attention to the Indians or they throw them in the towel because they pared down the payroll and whatever. Yet, yet we're still right there. We're still battling and winning baseball games. And it, it just what, what, it, it, it's like nothing's ever going to be. And again, this is me. Don't do this. Into don't, the don't, don't, don't do but this. It, like, what's it going to take for people to care? Yeah, but Todd, Tuesday's the draft lottery. The cast could get that number one pick. <laughs> this team's nine games over 500. Bobby Bradley's hitting third. This motherfucker wasn't even on the roster last week. He's hitting third. He's hitting third. Bobby had a great series against Baltimore, which, by the way, I went to Wednesday and Thursday with Brooke. And when Bobby came up Wednesday, I called the home around the pitch. Like, what do you think is going to happen on this pitch here? Strike out or, or, or a striker out or something like that. Or, you know, strike or ball. I was like, he's going deep right here. And he did. So Scale, uh, Scaled the 19-foot wall. Bobby Bradley. Out of room, out of here. Not, not being, hey, what about uh, Kyle was up a crick without a paddle? Did you hear that one this weekend? <laughs> No. Yeah, you. That, that when, no, I didn't. I did. I did hear like right down. Hit J Ram. That's what happened when he hit him to put guys on. He's like, well, Kyle was up a crick without a paddle. I was like, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even even some even some unnamed even some unnamed reporters were texting me some Underwood lines this weekend. High level. High level unnamed reporters. No names, please. High, high level, exactly. <laughs> In all seriousness. Oh, that ball! That ball went. Th- that ball! That ball skated through like the Monongahela. Yeah. What about? Uh, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, sorry, sorry. Anyway, the fact that Bobby Bradley comes up immediately starts hitting, and then J Ram gets hurt, so he's hitting third. But he was also hitting fourth and fifth in the lineup immediately. I know. How about that? After we had to sit through two months. Of Jake fucking hunger strike Bowers, who everybody knew was no good. Yeah. Yet we still had to sit there. Big, big, big air, big air by this organization. Huge mistake. I mean, the and and, and, and it's just it, 
if you're Bobby Bradley and now like things are good and you're happy, don't you sit there and go to yourself, I wasted two months of my life over for this, and now they immediately insert me into the middle of the order. Doesn't that tell you all you need to know? Well, I think the the organization back to the fact that you and I both know that Tito did not want Bowers and he wanted Bradley and and it was forced on him. And they he and he was Hey, you wanted Bobby Bradley front office, or you want Jake Bowers front office? Here he is. I think every the, day. I think the organization. I think the organization will tell you. Well, it's just like Mercado in 2019. He needed some more seasoning in the minors, or wasn't ready. Need any more seasoning? But Bobby Bradley was bored. Third year, right? Right. He was bored. He was bored in the minors. That's why he was hitting under 200. And I don't even look at batting average anymore. Look at the look at the OPS. I mean. His OPS is fantastic and was good down there and was hitting the ball hard. Extra base power, and that's, that's a guy you need in the middle of your order. Um, but but Ben Gamble and, and Jake Bowers, you know, Ben Gamble opening day in the outfield. I mean, give me a break. He played center field on opening day. Well, Luplo did, but the, 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 that whole weekend when they faced righties, he played. I mean, it was like, come right. on, man. I mean. It's it's so frustrating, so frustrating. Yeah. But uh, Tribe uh, wins on Sunday, two to one. So they they are thirty nine and thirty. They're 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 right there. And obviously, with the White Sox, and, and they've not played well this weekend. And Houston, boy, I'll tell you one thing. Houston looks like they want to go after this AL West and and bypass Oakland. And when you're thinking wild card for the Indians, and you're thinking Houston, Boston, Oakland, Tampa. Those four, two of those four are going to win a division, but two of the other two are going to be tough to beat to get into the yeah. playoffs if you're looking at the wild card. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be tough. Um, and there's a lot of baseball left to be played, obviously. But uh, you know what? The Indians are, are beating the teams they're supposed to beat, which is good. Um, you know, again, you, you're, you just came off a really good stretch, and – this is going to be a key stretch between now and the All-Star break. Uh, if they can just hang on and tread water to the All-Star break, and then I think after the break, you'll get Plesak back, you'll get Frommel Reyes back, and Roberto. It seems like Zach Plesak and, and Roberto are not that far off. I mean, Plesak's going to have to build up, so it's going to take him a little bit more, but Roberto's not very far away. And and, and Frommel uh, uh, this week was said he was going to start grabbing a bat and you know, seeing how things go there. So if we could just somehow, you know, they, they, they've gotten the fact that they were where they are now is still a miracle, but, but, you know, just, just keep doing what they're doing and keep battling. And I, I just come back to that. I come back to that Friday game and they were down 11 to one and got to within one swing of taking the lead. And that's, that, that says a lot about the character of this group. And, and, you know, I, I, you don't hear, you know, it's interesting. The last couple of years, you're a lot of Tito bashing. It's very quiet. The Tito, the oh, Tito yeah. bashing has become very quiet. Oh, you yeah. notice that? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, let's talk manager. Of the, let's talk some minor league baseball. No, let's talk manager of the year here, okay? Obviously, in all of baseball, Gabe Kapler is the manager of the year. I mean, the Giants, what they're doing is insane. Everybody said Dodgers, Padres, and everybody else is playing for third place in that division, and the Giants aren't going away. Gosman's been great. Uh, Yaz, you know Brandon Crawford. It's crazy. Then in the American League, you know, you, you know, you know what this is speaking right now. The owner of the first place NL only team, uh, team D's. Yeah, but we're on the we're in the midst Boy, of you a, know your stuff. We're in the midst of a two game slide. I think I, I got to look at my numbers today, but it's not good. But uh, we'll get it back. We'll get it. We'll get it back. But 
Seriously. So, and then the American League, and I was listening the other day to Ken Carmen actually, on CBS Sports uh, Radio over the weekend. I was driving. He was doing the national show, Mr. Big Time National. And he had on some Matt Snyder or something from CBS. And they're like, oh, what about in the American League for manager? And he's like, oh, Tony La Russa. And I'm going, please. Come on. Anybody could manage that the team. Genius? He didn't do shit. Uh, don't give they me don't that stuff. Him. To me, Kevin Cash, maybe Bob Melvin. But Tito's got to be up there if you look at the roster, you look at the injuries. I mean, right this weekend, they won a baseball game today or Sunday with Bieber out, Fran Mill out, Jose out. Uh, you know, please sack out. I mean, geez, <laughs> 39 and 30 with this, with 39 30 with, right, 39 and 30 with this group, LaVarnway, Renee. Come on. I think it's pretty good. The six, seven, eight, nine with the pitcher was like, Direct central. I mean, you know, if you, if you if you chain could have his entire career against the Baltimore Orioles, he'd be out. Ooh, he hit a bomb. He hit a bomb on th- he hit a bomb on Thursday, man. Yeah, he, he did. Oh, Thursday's game was a lot of fun, by the way. Oh, the I'm sure. Teams. Oh, yeah. It was good. What was the food uh, situation on you know, Thursday? They did not have they. So the section the the last time I went in the club, they had the. Uh, pierogies and the mini pierogies, the mini uh, uh, um, uh, potato pancakes and sausage. And it was replaced with like chicken stir fry and vegetable. It was not for me. Stir fry at a ball game doesn't, just doesn't fit with me. No, no. I ended up, uh, I went old school. I just went with, a, I had hot dog. Brooke and I had more popcorn than any human being I think has ever eaten. We finished a whole thing of popcorn before the bottom of the first was over. Wow. <laughs> so good. And it was fluffy popcorn. Yeah, I just ended up having burger and, and, and a hot dog and, you know, some ice cream. I was not healthy that day. You know, it's a shame, and I'm looking at this now, Phil Maton got the win today, and he gave up a run. But in all fairness to Phil, all three hits he gave up were like, a joke. Well, that that like, today the ball the today the ball the, the, the ball today was finding Cesar Hernandez in the worst places today. <laughs> I still can't believe that they gave Cesar Hernandez uh, uh, they gave whoever Brian that was, Re- Brian Reynolds a Brian double Reynolds a hit on that. I mean, he dropped the ball. I, I mean, can we trade Brian Reynolds for Bradley Zimmer? Can we do that? He's perfect. You know, He'd be perfect for us. Can we talk about Zimmer for a second? Yeah. I think he's a useful piece as a bench outfielder, pinch runner, defensive replacement. Absolutely. But Absolutely. he cannot hit. No, no. When he gets... He, he, he hits singles. Singles, right, right, right. But I... I it's shades of late. It's shades. It's shades of late career Maglio Ordonez when he, used, when he I dubbed Singlio? him... Singlio? Singlio, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he just... And he gets hit by pitches. He's kind of like... Brand, he's got a little Brandon Geyer in him, but that's... You're right, I mean... At least he can run the ball down in center. Like when the ball was hit to center early in the year, it was like, "Oh yeah. God, what's going to happen?" But as I said, he's a make a play. Piece. He's a useful piece as as a defense and speed guy. But but I just I don't see it. I I, I wanted no. him to be no. good. I just I don't see it. No, no. There there was a stat that I saw on Twitter yesterday about how many extra bases. It was an extra base hits comparison to Jake Bowers, I think. Yes. Okay, here it is. I found it. He has 33 extra base hits in 571 plate appearances. Jake Bowers had 35 extra base hits in 571 (laughs) plate appearances. That was courtesy of my main man, Gage Will. 
So uh, that is putting yourself into the same sentence with the hunger strike on your abilities. That's 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 not good. All right, uh, Ryan Mitchell coming up from uh, the voice, the radio voice of the Columbus Clippers. Uh, we will talk to him momentarily. We got to go through the pitching matchups. Let's do matchups. Uh, let's get into the live reads, and then uh, I'll bring Ryan in. Um, all right, so two games with your favorite team. No one hates the Cubs more than my brother. Um, so Tribe Cubs uh, tomorrow night, right back at it. Monday night against the Cubs. Tuesday night against the Cubs. Both eight oh five starts. Uh, Aaron Savali, who is the ace of the staff <laughs> now. Currently. Uh, Adbert Alzale off the IL is going to start for the Cubs. Probably only about five innings, though, from what I'm this reading. This is the second time we've seen him. He pitched earlier. And he didn't do Cleveland. bad. He didn't do bad. Yes. Yeah, I, think, I think that was the game we won 2-1. to one Yeah. The, the Cubs, the Cubs uh, arms have been getting, they've been getting blistered the last few days. I didn't see what they did on Sunday. But um, Kyle Hendricks on Tuesday, of course. We know when last time we saw him. Oh, Kyle Hendricks! Oh, he's on oh, Team D's. Don't don't bash too hard, but oh, you have yeah I'm for two disappointed. for two years. You know how many Cubs I have on my team? Zero. Yeah, especially anyone who's on the 2016 Cubs. I got to do what I got to do here. It's a hey, it's uh, for entertainment purposes only. Wink, wink. Um, Eli Eli Morgan Sunday two zero. Say it again. Cubs won Sunday two nothing. Cubs are gonna kick butt. <laughs> Did you turn your hat around when you said that. <laughs> Jimmy Dworsky, your executive producer Jeremy. Dworsky. <laughs> executive producer Jeremy. Uh, the two of us are the only people that know that movie. Um, no, Beebs also Beebs knows it very well. No, but not Shane Bieber, uh, but his cousin no, Josh. The original Josh Bieber. Yeah. Uh, so Eli Morgan on Tuesday against Kyle Hendricks. It'll be interesting to see how Eli handles pitching at Wrigley Field. Um, that could that could be ugly. I'm a little worried about him. Well, all hands on deck Tuesday because we have an off day on yes. Wednesday. So that's a good point. And then they head to uh, Minnesota. The re- Eddie Rosario's return to Target Field. Hopefully, he lights oh. it up. First time he's been there. Remember, Minnesota's come in twice to a Progressive Field, um, but uh, we have not gone to Minnesota yet. So that'll be a first Did for you him. Know, by the way, that Eddie Rosario's home run this week uh, against. Um, Baltimore was his first home home. Yeah, everything's been on the road. Yeah, I did see that. I didn't know that until it happened. And I was, and I, they put it up on the scoreboard. I'm like, really? That's crazy. That is crazy. You know, in, in hitting in progressive field was like his thing. What movie am I thinking of? This is crazy. This is crazy. What was that's, that? That's, that's, come that's, on, that's Chevy when that's, he's about to jump in the pool on vacation. Oh, that's right. I mean, that's right. <laughs> <come on. laughs> that's right. Oh, man. Him and Russ sharing that first beer. That's that's Father's Day for you right there. That is. That's a great Father's Day. All right. Thursday, 8-10, J.C. Mejia. Big start for him because he can't just go into the – he's been knocked out of the first inning, what, two of the last three starts. Or not knocked out of the first, but he's got knocked around in the first inning. Against Jose Barrios. Friday night, Cal Quantrill against uh, Randy Dobnak. Some other reason he's pitched Dabber. well. He's pitched well um, against the Indians, but another righty. So we're seeing four straight righties make it five in a row. It's Saturday afternoon at two ten. Sam Hentges against Kenta Maeda. Too bad uh, Franmel's not back because he owns Maeda. And then Sunday afternoon, Aaron Sabali for a second time of the week against Jay Hap. So there's your first lefty of the entire week. So oh, that means we don't have to watch Chew. I mean Chew. I just called him Chew. Chang. Why did I? Why did I just say that? Uh, 
yeah. I mean, listen, Yu Chang, again, like I said, as long as he's facing Baltimore, he's great. Besides that, he's been a disaster. But It's uh, going to be interesting, by the way, because one of those two guys between Ernie Clement, who, by the way, I liked a lot this week. He hit the ball hard today, uh, just lined it right at the right fielder. Um, but he came up and he 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 is not afraid. I mean, he had some good at bats in that ball. Yeah, he's scrappy. He's a scrappy guy. You were that's your boy. I told you, you two years ago. Years. I liked. I watched a little video of him, and I loved how he play. Like how he plays. Plays hard. I think he's better than Yu Chang. I mean, I know we're talking about a utility guy here, but if they have to eventually start making, you know, like you said, openings for roster spots when Reyes comes back and all that stuff, I would keep Ernie Clement up here in a second. Yeah, you know, I'm a big Ernie fan. I said Ernie over Chang, and you know what? He's the best Cleveland Ernie since Ernie Perlmutter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh, fire oh my God, Uncle Ernie! Jeez! Oh, come on! That... Yeah. One of those two is going to have to go when when either Franmil or Roberto come back. And here's another question for you. you and I'm being dead, I'm being dead serious. What about Ernie Camacho? When you uh, what about when you fell out of the car trying to get his autograph? That's right. Uh, Correct. Wait, but but the West Third Lot. Renee has really done a nice job. Of he's been he's and been it, fantastic. He really is. Like he, he's not great. He's not great defensively, but he's good at the, with the bat. You know. But but you're not going to send him to the minors. So when you get to the point where both of the catchers come back, which is going to be in the next few weeks, Renee get DFA and you just don't care and hope he clears waivers. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think so. With with the lack of catching and the job that he's done when he's here, I think someone's going to claim him. Am, am I crazy? I mean, he's 37. Um, I don't know what the catching. Think about how many bad catchers there are. He's really been a nice find. I mean, he just, he's hit. And you know what? He's hitting the clutch. But that's the thing. Like, he's hitting. Think about all, think about over all these years, how many shit third catchers that you and I have seen. Let's see how many we can name. Like, Scooter Tucker, for example. Okay? Right. Lou, Lou, even Lou Marson at the end was like a 2 3. Laser Lou? Yeah. Here, I got one for you. Do you remember Brett Hayes? Sure. Okay. So I'm, I'm saying these guys, these guys come around. They're a dime a dozen, and, they, and they're not memorable because they don't do shit. Renee's actually hit the ball. Yeah. No, he's he's had some big hits. I mean, the one last weekend was <laughs> insane. Um, How about Friday? He came up with the bases loaded and delivered. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to talk to Ryan Mitchell, the voice of the Clippers, coming up next. First, Todd's going to tell you about where to get your teeth cleaned, and there's really no other place to go. In, in Cleveland, there's 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 A1, and then there's the B and C teams, right, Todd? Listen, I don't know about you, but when I need my teeth cleaned, or I want to talk Cleveland sports while I'm getting my teeth cleaned, I go to the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, Dr. Sean Schlesel, this is the greatest dental practice, not only on the east side, not only in all of Cleveland. I'm going to say it, all of Ohio, possibly all of America. They've added so much during COVID when everyone wanted to, you know, no one wanted to go get their teeth clean, you were afraid. They made everything so clean, so sterilized, so safe. It, it's just such a fun and relaxed atmosphere there over in Beechwood. If you live on the east side or even if you live on the west side, you got to go check them out. CFAD.net or give them a call at 216 uh, sorry, 
I lost my train of thought. I was giving you the phone number. 216-595-1710. And tell them the Dairy Brothers sent you. And even if you need a more than just a cleaning, smile reconstruction, crowns, whatever you might need, they're here to help you. And they're going to do it in a fun and relaxed way. Amen. So, Amen. So check them out. CFAD.net or give them a call. 216-595-1710. Zero. Wore my uh, sticks, Trissa McKenzie t-shirt today from BreakingTea.com. It is hot out there. Was helping the wife. Uh, had to run to Lowe's today. Did some Father's Day stuff. Had the game on. And But it's it's hot. You need to be rocking your gear. And the only place to go to get it done is BreakingTea.com. And then to put the slash dairy, D-E-R-Y in. And that will take you right to the Cleveland Collection. Whether it's the Franimal t-shirt the Sticks, McKenzie shirt, any of the Jose Ramirez stuff, the Loop There It Is shirt. You want Browns gear, Cavs stuff. Everything is there for you at BreakingTea.com. You're watching the NBA playoffs right now? Hey, I haven't watched as much as I want to, and, and some of it's boring. Let's be honest. Last night's Nets-Bucks game came down to the wire Saturday night. It was crazy. Well, if you're rooting for the Bucks and you want Giannis to win a ring, the built for this MKE Milwaukee shirt was out this morning at Breaking Tea. Heck, they just made Todd a Christian Arroyo, the legend of Christian Arroyo shirt, in Red Sox wow. colors. Former Indian. He's having a monster year for Boston. Who knew? So when anything gets hot, whether it's U.S. soccer, a couple weeks ago they put a shirt out, Tower of Power, uh, the NBA playoff stuff, you can get it all at BreakingTea.com. Make sure you put in BreakingTea.com slash dairy, though. That'll take you right to the Cleveland Collection. Order it there. Breaking tea. They are the best. All right, let's promise uh, today, let's bring in the voice of the Columbus Clippers on the radio side, Ryan Mitchell. Give us a couple minutes here to find out what's going on in the AAA and for the Tribe. And, of course, many names that are down in Columbus right now. And we'll get an update from Ryan. Now, sir, thanks for a couple minutes, and happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, to you and all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Glad to be here. Today was not great <laughs> for the Clippers. <laughs> Ryan, this is probably one of those Sunday games where, uh, you know, about 3.30 or 4, you're like, all right, got to come up with some B or C material when it's 8 nothing mud hens, right? Well, we're still early enough in the season that uh, that's not such a bad situation to have. And clearly with all the changes that have gone on in baseball, there's, there's plenty to talk about. You know, we are, you know, June 20th. That's normally late in the season, but missing out on that first month we're not all that many games in, so uh, there's still plenty to talk about, but on a day like today, it does tend to drag a little bit. Uh, the sixth game of a series, when you're playing these six-game series, games five and six tend to kind of drag anyway. You're sick of seeing the same team over and over and over again, but uh, really in a game like today, you know, Kirk McCarty has been pretty good for the Clippers all year long. He's been their most reliable starter, and uh, he did not give up the lion's share of the runs. He allowed three of them before he left the ball game, but they all scored early, and then he settled in a little bit. But uh, the bullpen could not keep the Clippers within shouting distance, and the offense did no shouting. So I guess it really didn't matter when it all comes down to it. You know, you mentioned McCarty, and I want to get to the pitching in a second, but there's been so much turnover, obviously. Uh, you know, Bobby Bradley now up and other guys up. Owen Miller was up, now is back down with the Clippers. But you've had to, uh, I'm sure, use a lot of a pencil and eraser with your chart this year, right? Oh, no doubt about that. That's life in AAA. You know, more than any other level of baseball, AAA is constantly in flux. 
Uh, the major league team doesn't want to have any change, ideally. They would love to have the same 26 start the year and end it because that means everybody's performing well, but, of course, that doesn't happen. So that means uh, the AAA team, which is the holding tank, gets plundered. And not only do we have people going up, but that means we have people coming in from the levels below or from, as has been the case this year already a couple of times, signings from outside of the organization in independent ball. So uh, the only constant in AAA in terms of rosters is change, and it's certainly not unusual to have you know, 50, 60 different players wear a Clippers uniform in a given season and roster moves in the 200s. So uh, we know that's going to happen, and the, the names will change, which is why very few minor league teams have names on the back of the jerseys. There's a few guys. We're talking to Ryan Mitchell, by the way, the voice of the Clippers, Columbus Clippers, of course, the Indians AAA team. There's a few names on your roster that have not changed and have been there all year. Namely, let's start with Oscar Mercado. He's started to heat up a little bit. I know he came out of the game today. What can you tell us about how Oscar's looked so far? Well, what Oscar has done is turn around a miserable start to the season, and he is right now, I, I think without a shadow of a doubt, the best Clippers player right now. Um, he did come out of the game today. He got hit by a pitch and had to, uh, had to leave, was not able to get uh, any kind of update on him after the game. But hopefully he's going to be uh, in there very, very quickly. But really what happened for Oscar in May is he got through the month hitting 170. And then things really kind of turned around once the calendar turned to June. He had a two-hit game on June 1st, then went 0-4-3 over the next couple of games. But since then, he has rattled off a lot of multi-hit games. He's only gone, I think, twice since then without a hit, uh, including today's game. And the ball is flying off his bat. He's a league leader in doubles. He's hitting home runs. He's a perfect nine for nine in stolen bases. And he's running it down in the outfield everywhere. So he seems like a completely different player. And I don't know if it's chicken or the egg, but his body language is so much better. He just appears to be really confident right now with everything he's doing at the plate, in the field, on the bases. He looks like a guy who feels like he belongs. And, you know, you know, the fans know the Cleveland Indians uh, throughout April before the minor league season started and into May were desperate for anybody to hit in the outfield. Right. Framil Reyes was able to do some things on a, I guess, game to game basis. But between Oscar Mercado and Daniel Johnson, you may want to talk about him later, and Bradley Zimmer, who is currently up for the uh, with the Cleveland Indians, those three guys are sort of interchangeable parts, good defenders have had some track record at the major leagues, or at least in the minor leagues they've had a track record, as is the case in Daniel Johnson, of being a really solid hitter. So if any one of those guys had grabbed the bull by the horns in May, they would have been in Cleveland with everyday opportunities, and none of them did it. Finally, Bradley Zimmer started hitting a little bit, and the Indians grabbed him right away and brought him up, and he's contributed at times. But I think Oscar is right now on the verge, and let's let's hope that the news is good after being hit by a pitch today, that he's ready to go, that, that he may be the next guy up for the Cleveland Indians. They're hitting a little bit right now in the outfield, so his timing isn't great. But listen, any time you show yourself to be ready and the Indians are invested and interested in you, you're probably going to get a chance. That's the thing. You, you saw it in 2019. He came up, and obviously he had a great spring, didn't make the team. Everybody, including my brother and I, were <laughs> complaining, at least on this podcast, too. Like, where's Oscar? He comes up. He was great. And then last year, like you said, just the bottom fell out with the confidence and, and the body language. What about on Daniel Johnson's end? You know, 
We've been waiting for him, too. I, I think AAA, I'm not saying he's outgrown it, but it's getting close. What are you seeing from, uh, from, from Johnson right now? Well, what we haven't seen from DJ yet this year is a consistent hit tool. And that is the thing that's supposed to get him to the major leagues. He can play all three outfield positions. I think he's got three outfield assists over the last two days. So that's nice to see. He's got, of the three outfielders we were talking about, he has the best arm. There's no doubt about that. Uh, And he's got the best hit tool in terms of batting average, driving the gaps. Um, Power-wise, nobody expects Daniel Johnson to be a 35-homer guy, but he can contribute that way as well. But he's best when he's hitting line drives to the gaps, um, singles, doubles, causing some havoc that way, keeping the line moving. That's that's his best role. And he really hasn't done that this year with any kind of consistency. He's still hitting 218 on the season, swinging the bat a little bit better right now. So his batting average is, is heading north the way you want it to. But he's got to hit more consistently. And, you know, pitchers have adjusted a little bit to Johnson this year. He is getting busted inside a lot. And he's not quite done enough uh, at the plate to combat that. And, you know, the numbers bear that out. A 218 batting average, as I said, he does have six home runs. He's got 10 doubles. And he's, he's walking a little bit. His on-base percentage is 303. You know, his numbers are, when, when you look at, I guess, not too many people look at batting average anymore right now, especially in 2021 when nobody's hitting. But his OPS is 725 for the Clippers. And that's that's acceptable for a guy that's going to be in his role. If he can exactly duplicate at that at the major league level with his defense, that's a serviceable player. But as everybody knows, things get tougher when you get to the major leagues. And if they're able to exploit holes in AAA, they'll do so in the bigs as well. So if he can get back to the hitter he has been throughout the course of his career. You know, he hit 306 for the Clippers in 2019 over 84 games. The Indians will definitely find a place for him. Ryan Mitchell, the voice of the Columbus Clippers with us. You know, Ryan, you mentioned Oscar Mercado maybe being the best Clipper right now in terms of the everyday players. Who's number two on your list? Whew, that's a good question. I think right now, if we're talking about a snapshot in time, it's Gabriel Arias. Uh, he had a streak snap today of six straight games with a home run. And uh, this is a guy who is not a home run hitter. And uh, nobody has ever expected him to be. He is uh, he, hes a guy that had never in his professional career homered in back-to-back games. And then he went six in a row with a home run. Last night in his last at-bat, put one right down the left field line. And that's kind of the impressive thing is the home runs have – literally gone foul pole to foul pole he's had him to straightaway center field as well so what we're learning is he does have some pop in his bat um but everybody saw when he was up with the cleveland indians at the beginning of the season he can pick it he's had some real highlight level plays defensively if he can hit even modestly he can man the shortstop position for the cleveland indians for many many years Right now, you've got Rosario hitting the cover off the ball, and so you really can't get him out of there, even though he plays a an, an average at best shortstop. But you, you can't take him out of that position where things are going so well. So if Arias does not have a spot at the major league level where he can play every day, it's probably better to keep him in AAA. He's still only 22 years old. I think that's what a lot of people forgot when he wasn't hitting and they sent him out. Um, but just the, the way he defends, and he's – Played multiple positions with the Clippers, really everywhere on the infield except for first base. Uh, he has been really hot at the plate recently, showing, again, a lot of confidence. 
and you can see when guys are feeling uh, they're they're feeling themselves out there on on the field. They run well. They seem to anticipate the plays before they happen and that's kind of what he's doing right now so i would say if you're looking for a guy right behind oscar mercado it's probably uh it's it's probably gabriel arias take me me. i mean uh (laughs) i'm sorry i said arias i meant uh andres jimenez yeah i I said that this whole time that's okay uh, and and arias of course is is a similar player doesn't have as much pop in his bat but he's playing all over the place defensively a very good shortstop I don't know if when you've got a guy like Jimenez at the plate, or at shortstop rather, if Arias is going to be blocked organizationally. But Arias is another guy who is, you want to see more out of him offensively. Uh, I really like him at third base. He's made some great plays, Arias at third. But, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I misspoke when I said Arias. Uh, I knew I knew who you meant. I knew who you meant. <laughs> Andres Jimenez at, is, is the guy who's hit six home runs in a, uh, six games in a row with a home run and, and a, a, a sublime defender picked up. And, and obviously, when you, when you trade Francisco Lindor for a guy, you want him to be the guy at shortstop for the foreseeable future. They acquired Arias uh, as well. They so many guys, you know, you think about Arias and, and Owen Miller, who was also acquired from the Padres, uh, that the Indians really value. And and Miller has hit well since coming back to Columbus. He obviously didn't hit in Cleveland, but he was batting 408 for the Clippers before he went up and, uh, and now hitting again uh, on the way back. Ernie Clement, I think, is going to do very, very well for the Cleveland Indians. He was hitting the cover off the ball with us as well. So, I mean, you've got so many of these guys with, I, I think Jimenez is the best defender of the bunch. Uh, Arias, I think, has the most versatility defensively, where you can put him at third base and feel very good about him there at second base as well. Miller, I think, doesn't have quite the defensive prowess and versatility of the other two. But, boy, there's a lot of pieces for the Cleveland Indians going forward uh, on the infield for sure. Ryan Mitchell with me. I want to get to the pitching in a second, but give me me about a minute on Nolan Jones. What are you seeing right now? An improvement. Uh, it was ugly at the beginning of the season for Nolan Jones, frankly. He struck out in, I believe, each of his first eight at-bats or seven of his first eight at-bats and still is among the league leaders in strikeouts, but he leads the league in walks, and I believe he's tied for the league lead, pending what happened today, in doubles. And so it, it seemed to kind of click for him to stop chasing balls out of the strike zone. So he is drawing his walks, his on-base percentage, despite a, a still pretty poor batting average. His on-base percentage is good. He hit another home run the other day. That's three for him now on the year. And then with all the doubles, the the slugging percentage is pretty good. I like his arm a lot in the outfield, and he likes to show it off. But he's he's done the job at third base. We haven't seen him much at first. I think uh, it's I don't think he's ready, and you know he's not on the cusp of the major leagues. I don't believe right now. But uh, you can see the talent in there and the real raw power during batting practice. Not quite so much in games yet. You mentioned Kirk McCarty. It's it's been a wild kind of run because J.C. Mejia had to be called up, Eli Morgan had to be called up, Logan Allen's back down. He but he's been hurt, and and I know they're going through all sorts of uh, things with his delivery and everything else. But but pitching wise, is there somebody that you would say is close? No, um, really, that's that's the answer. There's there's not been enough pitching in Columbus. That has been the problem. McCarty, there's there's a lot to like about him. He works very very quickly. He knows who he is as a pitcher. Um, he's he's got a, a low 90s fastball. He spots. He mixes. He works quickly. Um, generally speaking, he's not going to walk guys, so he's not going to hurt himself. He's a pitcher kind of in the mold of a uh, of, of a Josh Tomlin or a Ryan Merritt. 
uh, where he's not going to blow you away with velocity, but he's got good pitch ability. And, you know, as, as you mentioned with Logan Allen, there's still so much unknown in terms of uh, will he get healthy and will he be ready? But, but really the, boy, a, a guy, you just, it's, it's like a, a, a beautiful picture in a restaurant of a, of a great meal on the menu. Yeah. And I'm talking about Anthony Ghost, right? He's a left-hander who doesn't have a lot of mileage on the arms. He throws 99 with the fastball. The breaking ball really at times has outstanding movement. But then you get him into a game, and the meal is served, and it comes in, and it's just not quite what it looks like in the picture. Because he's he's a he's a learning pitcher, right? Yeah, so yeah. this is a guy that... The, the command isn't there. The stuff is absolutely there, but the command isn't there yet for Ghost. And you understand why teams are so tantalized by this guy, because if he can harness that, man, is he a good piece at the back end of a bullpen. He would be a really tough matchup for left-handers. Um, and, and again, at 30 years old, you think, wow, that's, this guy's no longer a prospect. And that's true. I don't think he has prospect status, but coming up as a position player, as an outfielder, there's not a whole... I mean, you would think there's a lot of tread left on those tires right. in terms of the arm. Yeah. So that's yeah. why nobody's willing to give up on this guy yet because the potential is certainly there. Final thing, they just brought up the Clippers did Francisco Perez, who was lights out in Akron, an ERA under one, out of the bullpen, 23 years old. But in following this organization and Perez, he's been mostly a starter. What's the plan for him because he's on the fast track, but do they stretch him out because the Clippers need starters and the Indians need starters, or does he stay in the bullpen? Well, it's a really interesting question because you say the Clippers need starters, and in theory that's true, but Logan Allen is back in the rotation. They're trying to build him up, and listen, with the size of rosters anymore, you can do that, and you don't even have to piggyback with another potential starter. You just keep throwing relief pitchers out there, inning after inning after inning, because there's a million guys on the roster. So you can... You know, sit a few guys down if they pitched yesterday and you still have a bunch of relievers to work with. So you've got Logan Allen. Uh, the couple of guys signed out of independent ball. Heath Fillmeyer is one of them. Kevin Hergett is another. Um, Matt Coke has started at, or Cook has started at times, rather. So McCarty's made all the turns through the rotation. Tristan McKenzie is now, uh, at least for the near future, a fixture in the rotation as well. So I believe that the bullpen is probably the spot for him. Now, the Cleveland Indians think there's a possibility that he could be ready this year, and they're unsure about their rotation depth. Maybe that changes the plan. But my assumption right now, and we didn't get a chance to see him in the game today, is that he will be in the bullpen. And uh, listen, everybody needs bullpen arms. We saw two days ago what happened to the Cleveland Indians bullpen. They're volatile. Uh, Things can Uh, disappear on you in a heartbeat. So my assumption is that he will be in the bullpen going forward and not in the starting rotation. Ryan, this has been uh, excellent insight. Keep up the great work. Uh, Hear your voice all the time on on the Clippers highlights. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. No problem. Anytime. Ryan Mitchell, the voice of the Columbus Clippers. You heard him right here on the Jerry Brothers Tribecast. Another week in the books, and we'll uh, talk to you again next week. Thanks, everybody. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On Press Box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small. 
and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access. 